Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. We are joined today by an author of a book that blew my mind. I highly recommend. It's a book called Live in a Home That Pays You Back, a complete guide to net zero and energy efficient homes. The guest that we have is the author of the book, Anna DeSimone, and we are so excited to have you, Anna. Welcome to Go Green Radio. Oh, thank you, Jill. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm so happy to talk with you. You know, one of the things I love about your book, and there are a lot of things to love about your book, is that it it begins with one of the most personal and important things that people cherish, their family's health. So talk to us about how an energy efficient home can protect our health. Well, Jill, today's ventilation systems are able to capture much higher levels of bacteria, airborne pollutants, and other contaminants. And this is accomplished through high-performance heating, cooling, and a ventilation system. But for those of you who can't do that, you can also buy a standalone appliance that has what's called a HEPA filter or an electronic filter that does a really good job at capturing pollutants. Now, your heating, ventilation, and cooling system, known as the HVAC, can include an air exchange system, and I love air exchange systems. It supplies a continuous stream of fresh filtered air into the home, and it removes the stale air from the house from strategically placed pipes and vents. And then finally, energy-efficient homes have strong moisture barriers that help prevent mold, which can be very harmful. You know, and so the... The indoor pollutants in your home are harmful to families and pets. So, you know, keep that in mind uh, for improving your air, you know, indoor air quality. Yeah, that's such an important point. And, you know, sometimes when I talk to people about conserving energy at home and we start talking about having an energy efficient home, they immediately think about being uncomfortable. But your book talks about how an energy-efficient home can actually be more comfortable. Tell us how and and why that's possible. Yeah, well, it's not about freezing, you know, in the winter and being hot in the summer. With an energy-efficient home, the homes are more comfortable because the high-performance systems of an energy-efficient home actually change the indoor physical environment of your house. So what you have is consistent and stabilized temperatures throughout the house. And today's HVAC systems are quieter. And so you're a little bit more comfortable around the house. You don't really have those surprise drafts that you used to have. And another thing that we don't really think about too often is energy-efficient lighting You know, most of us know about LED lights, which is, you know, low-emitting diodes, but Mm -hmm. it actually reduces eye strain. So um, Mm -hmm. you have peace of mind. And studies have shown, Yale did a study on this, that if you have a power outage from a winter storm, and I think there were about 1,300 in the past five years, Mm -hmm. your home will stay warmer for several days if it has a strong thermal insulation and if you've made, you know, energy efficient improvements in your house. 
That's incredible. And I know that that's something that, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Americans and Canadians, because your book covers uh, some great points for Canadians as well. That's a huge, huge advantage. You know, I know that when we talk about energy efficiency, everybody understands that being more energy efficient will save them money. I mean, energy prices are not going down. They're only going to go up in the future. For sure. One of the things that's great about having an energy efficient house is that we also bring down our greenhouse gas emissions. And I'd love for you to talk about some of the advantages of bringing down our GHGs at home. Well, you know, not everyone can afford to own a home right now, and not everyone can afford to renovate their home for energy efficiency. So there's, there's a few things that little people, little things that people can do to reduce their carbon footprint and, you know, to reduce your electricity, like drying laundry on a clothesline, or, you know, walking or biking to work, you know, maybe carpooling. But I would like to say that sustainability and energy efficiency is about the future. And it's important that when you're making decisions about buying, financing, or renovating your house, that you include your children whether they're toddlers or, or high school kids. If you're thinking about renewable energy, these are great projects for high school kids to re- help you research and, you know, teach your little ones how the solar energy panel is, panels are collecting energy to power your house. It's important for them to be part of this and work on projects with you. But to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, we have to move away from fossil fuels. And if you can afford it, installing solar panels or another type of renewable energy is going to make the major difference for us, you know, reducing the greenhouse gas emissions. Absolutely. I love what you said about involving our kids because, um, you know, when I was a kid, you know, everybody's dad was like, turn off the lights when you're not in the room and, you know, wear a sweater. We don't, we're not heating, you know, the, the whole place. Like you can run around in shorts in the winter time. Um, but there wasn't always a lesson behind that. It was just, you know, you're costing me money, which is still a good lesson. But I think there are a lot of great ways to include kids in these kinds of projects, in these kinds of endeavors, in a way that will actually teach them not only what they can do in the future, but what we're doing right now to shape their future. And so I I love those ideas. Um, I also, go ahead if you wanted to say something else on that. Well, no, I think I think it's I mean, children are knowing that you know they understand that there's climate change, but they don't know what is causing it. They yes. don't realize that it's fossil fuels that are causing, you know, it's warming up the atmosphere and humans human caused greenhouse gas emissions can be changed. And so there's yes. a lot of environmental aspects to this, but I think children want to know what they can do. I do and too. I think that if you give the projects to do, like keeping track of how many kilowatts of electricity you're using each month, you install solar energy, how many kilowatts of electricity are you generating to reduce that electricity? This is so inspiring, especially for junior high, high school kids. It gives them a project, and also we may talk about this later, but with positive energy, 
you have an opportunity not only to fuel your cars and your lawn equipment, but you can make money by selling renewable energy certificates. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, and, I agree. And that's going to be something that we talk about in just a little bit when we talk about renewable okay. energy. But I'd love to talk about um, the whole house efficiency blueprint that you outline in your book. And I, I want to talk about some yeah. of the components of the blueprint. What should yeah. we be considering when we think about our home's envelope? Well, the envelope, and you'll hear, you know, when you're out looking at homes or looking at new construction, a builder will refer to the the building envelope. And what it is, it's a six-sided box. So you have your roof, the four walls, and the floor. And for those of you that are looking at new construction homes, you'll also hear that the building materials that are being used today are sustainable, they're non-toxic, and they're made from materials that didn't harm the environment. And you'll see labels, which is, this wood was made from, was sourced from Uh, a sustainable forest, and it has a certain credential because of where the wood was sourced. And then, um, you know, the the envelope also has, you know, other aspects so that while while you're living in the house, the materials are not going to give off toxic fumes. You know, they may be small, but over a period of time they will build up. And um, that's the outside of the house. Yeah, exactly. And, and you yeah. know, I'd love to ask you the same question about things we should be considering in another part of the whole house efficiency blueprint, and that's our home's thermal enclosure. Well, the thermal enclosure is the same six-sided box, only it's the insulation. So everyone knows about insulation in the attic, insulation in the walls, and insulation on the floor. But what, what people don't realize is the insulation can be doubled or tripled or quadrupled. The more insulation you put in your home, the more thir- the more the warm air is going to stay in your home in the winter and mm-hmm. the greater it is for the cool air to stay in your home in the summer. And so there are so many different types of insulation that you can use that are now considered safe and eco-friendly. I mean, there was a time when insulation had some toxic qualities or contaminants, and it was unsafe to handle. But uh, I just wanted to mention uh, the long list of eco-friendly insulations that are available today. My favorite one is recycled blue jean insulation. (laughs) That's something new. That's and then cool. the other part of the thermal enclosure of a house is the doors and the windows. And um, even if you have a 100-year-old home, you have tremendous potential to bring that house down to a very low um, energy level. And that is by having double-glazed windows. That means it's two pieces of glass. Mm-hmm. Or you can even get a triple-glazed windows. But when you have double or triple glazed windows, it it stabilizes the temperatures inside your house and reduces, it's going to save you money and uh, bring you that greater comfort. You know, you, you touched on an interesting point, saving you money. I mean, putting more um, insulation in your home is one of the most cost-effective ways to save energy. It's It's a fairly low-cost investment 
that could really save you a lot of energy and a lot of money. And so I think, you know, sometimes when I see cities investing in energy efficiency projects, you know, and they have rebates or they have uh, other programs that require public dollars, I think, boy, you know, you might be able to actually bring down the city's megawattage a whole lot more cost effective if you just ran a insulation truck down the street and gave everybody some new <laughs> insulation. But um, it's such a great point. And, and knowing that there are eco-friendly options is, is really encouraging. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come okay. back, we're going to learn so much more from Anna about how to live in a home that pays you back. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. World. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Anna DeSimone, and she is the author of a brand new book called Live in a Home That Pays You Back. Um, it's a complete guide to a net zero energy and energy efficiency home. And Anna, <clears throat> the section on HVAC systems was one of my favorites. This is really personal for me. My house was built in 1975, and um, we're going to need a new HVAC system before too much longer. And so I really loved reading about all the things that we should consider about our heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. So take us through that a little bit, would you? Well, you know, people always ask, if I had $40,000 to spend on energy improvements, you know, where should I spend it? And my answer is always start with the heart of your house, which is your HVAC system. I mean, even if you buy a house that only has, that has a furnace that's only three or four years old, you would be amazed at 
how a high-performance furnace or boiler can totally change things for your house. And so if you're spending money on new windows and doors or new roof or solar panels or renewable energy, and it turns out that your HVAC system is outdated, it becomes what I call the weakest link. Do you remember that television show, The Weakest yeah, Link? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what happens, so what you want, when you're investing in renewable energy components and all these energy-saving features, you want to have the most cost savings each month. You want your re- utility bills to practically drop down to zero if you can. But this is all dependent on having the heating and cooling systems work seamlessly, quietly, and efficiently through your house. Mm-hmm. So the high-performance uh, systems today, or Energy Star certified, require fewer repairs and maintenance. So that's the, that's the other side of the coin, is you're getting a highly efficient system, it's going to take care of itself because of the way things are made these days. And also, the newer HVA systems today allow you to put in upgrades like the EPA indoor air quality system, which has the, you know, the high performance like HEPA filters, electronic filters that zap out all of the pollutants in your house, as well as, you know, humidification systems. But the, um, the shining star of today's HVAC systems are what I call the heat and air exchange systems, mm-hmm. which have the strategic fence that, that send that warm, stale air from your house. Just like when you're cooking on the stove and you turn on the fan, it's taking mm-hmm. that, that air from cooking and sending it outside. For, mm-hmm. And that's for fire and safety reasons. And in your bathrooms, the air is being taken outside because after your shower, there's going to be moisture that stays in your house, and sitting water and moisture can turn into mold, and mold is harmful. And so when you're putting in a um, a high-performance HVA system in your house, you can include all of these, you know, moisture prevention and... uh, you know, air cleaning systems to boot and mm-hmm. keep that air flowing through your house 24-7 so that your family is always breathing fresh filtered air. I love that. I love that. Now, your book includes a simple but really powerful quote from Energy Star. It, it reads, lighting and appliances in your home come with two price tags, the purchase price and the cost to operate and maintain them. Talk to us about some of the most important things that we need to think about as we assess our home's lighting and appliances. Yeah. Well, let's say you're looking at an $800 Energy Star window air conditioner. And you're looking, you're in the store and you're thinking, should we buy this or should we buy the $400 air conditioner? But what you'll find out if you buy the Energy Star, it not only will be quieter, but it'll last a lot longer. And it's going to use about 30% less energy than the cheaper air conditioner. So the second price tag in the long run is going to be higher for um, the non-efficient units. But the newer appliances today, stoves, dishwashers, washers and dryers, are using less energy 
And like the HVAC system, they are built to last. So you know that commercial where the Maytag man <laughs> is standing there saying, my phone hasn't rung for a year? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, well, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit like what these new Energy Star appliances are because they're operating so much more efficiently. I mean, technology yeah. is changing every day, and I am so happy about the fact that it's changing in the indoor air quality. Because people are getting healthier. Children yes. are not getting the asthma or they're reducing their asthma symptoms thanks to energy improvements that involved improving indoor air quality. Absolutely. And, you know, even just on the lighting, um, I remember when LEDs first came out and I was like, oh, they're so expensive. I just don't know if I want to make this investment. But I went ahead and I did it and now our home's lighting is LED. And I haven't replaced bulbs in years. They I don't last. Either. Yeah, and really, I can actually see a huge uh, impact on our electricity bill just from changing the lighting. I mean, we've really brought our electricity bill down, and so you know, sometimes the upfront cost is a little scary. But I have to say. In the long run, it really does save money. And it's not even that much of a long run. <laughs> it's, it, the, the payback period is not long at all for some of those things. Yeah. Now, one of the sections right. in your book really hit home with me. I live in California where we're experiencing yeah. yet another historic drought. Um, and your section on water management really, really hit home with me. Talk to us about some of the strategies for optimizing the water management of our homes. Yeah, well, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, has a labeling program that is called WaterSense, which runs a little bit like what, you know, Energy Star. You'll see the sticker on the appliance when you buy it. And these products are worth checking out. Uh, if you're out shopping for shower heads, faucets, or to replace your toilet. But for those of you who are looking at new construction sites, you will probably see that the builder is offering a an EPA water scent certified house, which means that all of the plumbing systems and the water systems and shower heads and faucets have in, include you know the water scent certification, which reduces water use. But the other part of energy uh, water conservation is called water reuse. And that's when you take water from your kitchen sink or your shower and you channel it through a filtering system that removes debris and then sends that water outside to irrigate your lawn. That, it's a very uh, cool thing to do. That is very cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, your chapter on renewable energy is just jam-packed with information that I'm sure most homeowners and many of our listeners just simply don't know. I'd love for you to talk to us about net metering and how it differs from net billing. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I learned a lot when I researched this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. Well, you know, the utility companies are offering such a wide range of incentives for people you know, when, after they install renewable energy. The most important difference between net metering and net billing is that net metering has to be approved by your state. So out of the 50 states in America, as of yesterday, we have 37 states that are allowing, allowing net metering. And all that really means is the, 
type of financial incentive your utility company is allowed to give you with the purchase of your energy that you produce. It's all about an exchange because when you have renewable energy, you're on a two-way grid connection with your utility company. And so you are effectively selling them your energy. And then when you, when you deplete the energy that you, that you generate from your own solar panels, you have to buy energy from the grid. Mm-hmm. And that price may be discounted, it might be retail, it may be market. And, and so it, when you decide to take the renewable energy step for your house, you're going to be presented with all of these options from your um, utility company. They're billing credits. The bottom line is you only pay for what you use and you're going to get a discount in your next bill in the form of a billing credit. Mm. That's okay. And that's, yeah, the net billing. Yeah, perfect. Well, and I know that, you know, in California, there's, you know, talk about some of of that changing and solar owners are not too happy about that um, in some parts of California. Um, And so it's something that we need to keep an eye on. But typically, where is the best place to look for the most updated information on some of these issues, Anna? Oh, well, when I wrote the book, as you know, I have my directory's chapter. Yep. And I manually counted 2,000 rebates, incentives, and policies <laughs> in the United States. Oh, Over the gosh. past five years, the, the United States has passed over 1,500 policy changes. It's not just about net metering. And what a policy is, is what are the consumer's rights when they want to install a solar panel? So right now, two-thirds of the homeowners association in America and two-thirds of the states in America are telling condominium developers you cannot prohibit people from putting solar panels on your house. Mm. However, if you do, we can tell you where they can be placed, such as in the back of the house. That's what I call a policy. So another example is I want to put a wind turbine in my house and generate electricity from the wind, which is a great form of clean energy. Mm-hmm. Now, your local town or county or city is going to say, well, wind turbine can only be this high, and it has to be set back this many feet from the road. Mm-hmm. And then another typical policy that is voted on on the state level is the clean energy loans called the PACE loans. Yes. So if you're considering energy improvements and if you're looking to explore renewable energy options, you want to Google your way through your municipal offices. Mm-hmm. Just find out what are the policies, just like building code. If you were building a yeah. house, you'd want to know, well, how high does my fence have to be? Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about putting a windmill in your house, go to your town and find out what the setback requirements are for solar panels, what you can do, what your consumer rights are if your neighbor decides to put an addition on their house and it's blocking mm-hmm. your light. Yeah. There are state and local laws that actually address this. Good to know. And I know your book is a is a great resource. You put so much research into this, and we see 
um, that it throughout the book, but also in uh, one of the latter chapters that we'll talk about in a moment. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to talk about with Anna. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. World. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in. Sometimes I feel like the the conversations I have with our guests during commercial break are just too good not to share. And in fact, right before we came back on the air, Anna and I were talking about why this topic of living in a home that pays you back is so important to her and, and how she brings 40 years of career experience to this topic. And Anna, I would love for you to share that perspective with our listeners and why this is so important. Well, you know, I'm, I'm basically a housing expert. I had a consulting company for 40 years, and uh, I had a team of attorneys, and we analyzed mortgage documents, and we worked in a lot of racial discrimination cases, predatory lending cases. I mean, you'd be surprised what you can learn from looking at loan documents. Mm-hmm. And so after I sold my business and retired, I wanted to write for consumers because I realized that the information on buying, financing, and renovating a home, it is all out there, but it's, it's split up into like a thousand different places. Mm-hmm. And people need to make informed decisions. And houses are expensive. And so the payback book is about getting the absolute most you can out of your house. And 
I want to say that every decision that you make has to be your decision and it has to be good for you and your household because there's just way too many options out there. And that mm-hmm. is for buying, renovating, decorating, anything. It's got to be good for you and your family. I love that, Anna. And, and yeah. this book really arms us as consumers to make informed and intelligent decisions. Um, and you've put just, you know, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours of research together in the palm of our hand with this book. And that's why I really hope that our listeners will, I mean, it's easy to find this book if you just go into Amazon and say, live at home that pays you back. It's very easy to get. Um, And so I I hope that everybody will take a look at this. Um, Now, I want to go into this concept of net zero homes. Um, And so help us understand what a net zero home is and some of the features that it includes. Okay, well, a net zero home is when your renewable energy system is generating the same amount of energy as your house uses over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. So you want to think of your electric meter as working backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, you put up, you, if you install solar panels and you generate 1,000 kilowatts of electricity each month, and your household is using that same amount of electricity, what you have is a net zero month. However, because of the weather, this is going to change. It's going to go up and down and fluctuates each month. So when a builder or the net zero home labeling or certification program refers to a home as being designated net zero, that is the potential uh, electrical comparison of what the house generates and what it uses over the course of a year. I and see. the net zero ready home program is, is really like my number one favorite. It's available in both Canada and the United States because not everybody can afford to buy a house and have the solar panels at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the net zero ready is where the house is electrified and it's got it's got all of the wiring and the components so that two or three years later, down, further down the road, you can install your renewable energy component and it'll be cheaper and more seamless to actually install it because the house is pre-wired. And the Energy Star certification is called the Renewable Ready uh, certificate Net Zero Program. I see. Or the... Uh, Department of Energy's program is called the Net Zero Ready Program. I love that. Now, help us understand what a zero carbon home is and how that differs from a net zero home. Well, the zero carbon home uses a different set of metrics that is called the cradle-to-grave analysis of carbon emissions. So, when you're doing the cradle-to-grave carbon emissions analysis, you're looking at where the wood was forested, how the steel structures were fabricated, and you're also looking at the transportation of the building materials to the home site, and this is all taken into account. Mm-hmm. And then you have to look, so you're looking at the past, and then you're also looking at the future. So every house has what's called a life cycle projection of carbon emissions, And those carbon emissions are based on the kind of roof, the kind of siding, the house interior, how the cabinets were made and fabricated. And so what, so if the home is designated zero carbon, 
it means that no greenhouse gases were emitted by the plant that manufactured the, the siding materials. And it also means that the operating systems, the HVAC, heating and cooling, are so efficient that it, there will be no GHG emissions over the life cycle of the home. And you can, you can buy a house that has a zero-carbon uh, certification. It's called a LEED zero-carbon. However, that particular certification also in, factors in the homeowner's transportation, like how many, you know, gallons of gas they're using. Mm. And quite frankly, I, I like to just measure the house as a house itself and not the, the lifestyle of the people because at some point you're going to sell your house. Right. So it's either a zero carbon or it's not. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a different type of metric from zero energy. And just to make it, you know, really simple, zero energy is about household use. It's mm-hmm. about comparing what your, what your system generates to the amount of electricity the people in your home use, whereas the carbon, the zero carbon, focuses on the house itself mm-hmm. as a structure. Mm-hmm. Got it. You've mentioned a few of the home labeling programs, but I'd like for you to talk to us about a few more and why it's advantageous to have a home that is certified under one of these labeling programs. Well, one of the things about my, you know, one of the payback of your house is, well, you have a house that will save you money if it's energy efficient, it's going to be healthier. But an important payback is that your house is an, it's a financial investment. It's the biggest investment of your life. Mm-hmm. So the average home in America is $300,000, $350,000. Now, your home could be going up in value 10% a year, which is like $30,000 a year. So by investing in your home, you want, you're building your retirement nest egg. And whatever it is that you do to your house, you want to be able to get your money back. Mm-hmm. in addition to save money every month on your electric bill. Mm-hmm. So having a certification like an Energy Star certified home, a LEED Platinum home, a certification from the National Green Building Standard, which is administered by the American Home Builders Association, or a standard by the Passive Institute, which is one of my favorites, because passive is anything that's free. You know, it's making the most use out of the windows, the pitch of the roof, how your, how, you know, what direction your your house faces. This is where you're getting free heat and free cooling, and that's <laughs> wonderful. So once your house has one of those certificates, it's your it's a badge. It yeah. it's a certification, and that is usually included a HERS score, which is an energy score. Mm-hmm that goes along with the home certification. It means the house was built above code, and, it, and all of these additional optional energy features were, were layered up over and above the fact that it's an above code construction. And talk to us a little bit more about these energy scores and how they add value to the home. Well, the HERS score has been around for a long time, and that that was created by ResNet, which is real estate you know, network something. And the HERS score 
you know, you have to have a qualified energy inspector come to your house, and they use the special equipment, and it has, like, infrared uh, charts that show. And they do what's called a blower test, mm-hmm. which is they seal off your front door, and they create, you know, air pressure, and they can see from the infrared screen where all those leaks are. Now, the the Environmental Protection Agency says the average home has a mile and a half of cracks and leaks in a typical house. That's a lot of leaks. (laughs) And so that can be from the attic to the basement. So the, the energy test takes all of this into account, and they're going to give you a score on, you know, your the home, you know, the thermal thermal um, type of home that you have, mm-hmm. they will tell you this is your score now, but they will also list a number of improvements and tell you this is what your score could potentially be if you were to, A, add insulation, you know, B, do some more air sealing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'd love to spend a couple of minutes talking about smart home systems and and what they are and how they can make our home healthier and and even safer. Oh, God. Well, I I like to tie in smart home systems with indoor air quality because that's how it kind of started. I mean, a smart home system as we know it is saying, hey, Alexa, turn the temperature up in my living room. That's that's available. You can also buy a thermostat that is so sophisticated. It, it senses when your car is 10 miles away, and it automatically adjusts, adjusts the temperature in your house because they know you're about to come home. Wow. You know, these are very, I mean, there, there's, there's dozens and dozens of features, of, you know, clap your hands and turn your lights on in a smart home system. But the ones for health and safety is really the heart of your house, and that is the smoke detector, the fire detection, the carbon monoxide detection, and the radon detection. Mm -hmm. And so each year there are more and more home detection systems coming out that have expanded to include flood. So your phone will get an alert that there's water seeping out around your, your washing machine in the basement, or there might be water in, in one of the floors in your bathroom or your kitchen. And then, of course, you can react to, you know, any of these alerts. Right. But um, the indoor air quality is incorporated into these monitors so that you know the humidity level and the indoor air quality both inside and outside your house. So you're able to monitor, especially if you have sick members in your family. You want to know what the air quality levels are for pollen and allergen and any other contaminants that might be floating around. You know, for instance, it could be an accident on a highway, you know, near your home, and there could be some ash coming in from a fire. So these are the kind of things that are captured from these smart home that technology. That is amazing. That is amazing. And, and your chapter on that covers so much more. I really encourage our listeners to get out there and get your book so that they can find out more. We're going to, yeah, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, there's much, much more. So don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. Um, in case you've just tuned in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Anna Simone. She is the author of a book called Live in a Home That Pays You Back. Get a hold of this book because it's not just for people building a new home. In fact, um, people who are purchasing or live in an existing home, uh, there's a section in your book, Anna, for them. Um, let's say you've got an existing home or you're buying an existing home and you want to invest in energy efficiency upgrades. What are some of the financing options that are available? Oh, this is why I wrote this book, really. <laughs> There are thousands of incentives for people across the United States, and they are offered from, you know, housing finance agencies, municipal offices, you know, county and state programs, where you can get a zero or a very low loan to do some energy-efficient improvements. And there are utility companies. But let's just say that you're buying a house, and you need to get a, a mortgage, and the house, you really want it to be very highly efficient. But you're having a hard time. You can't afford a brand-new $500,000 net-zero home. So you buy a, a home for $300,000 that you, that you love, and it needs a lot of improvements. Well, if you're looking for a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, or rural program, you can finance your energy improvements. I call it rolling in the cost of your retrofit. Mm. Now, the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac programs require that you have an energy audit so you'll get the potential energy score. And they will let you borrow up to 15% of what you're paying for the house. And so that would be a $300,000 house. You could do $45,000 worth of improvements, which could really put solar panels all over your house. Mm-hmm. But you have to do a little bit of extra paperwork. So just to give you an example of how these transactions are structured, the seller gets the $300,000, and you decide you want to spend $30,000. The, the loan will be restructured to be a $330,000 transaction. So if you're putting 10% down, that means you have to come up with 33000 instead of 30000 for your down payment. Now, your lender will 
will pay the $30,000 to your home improvement contractor, your solar photovoltaic energy panels provider, or it'll be a combination of both. And then the lender has to order what's called an energy addendum. And when you make an offer on that house, you'll need to also get an energy audit, which Mm -hmm. is going to cost you a little bit of money up front because you also might want to get a home inspection. It's two different things. So you have to give the results of the energy audit. And remember, the key word is potential. You're buying a home that probably has a really outdated HVAC system, but the audit is going to say what the potential is of this home if certain energy standards were made. Mm -hmm. And then the appraiser needs to justify that the house, after the improvements are done, will be worth the $330,000. He's got to justify that. So everyone needs to, there has to be full transparency here so that, the lender, the, re- the real estate appraiser, and the energy auditor are all are looking at the same documents. And then for that extra $3,000 down on this situation, you can end up having all of these improvements done after the closing. No one, the lender is not expecting you to do this before you move into the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is, yeah. That's really interesting and, and really important. Um, and, and I would imagine that you know, the consumer or the buyer of the house has to kind of act as the general contractor, you know, pulling all these folks together (laughs) around that paperwork, a little extra effort there, but um, that's, that's really worth it in terms of being able to roll that, that into your financing. I want you to talk to us about something that's coming soon called True Home Facts. This was really exciting to me, and I'd love for you to tell us what it is and the impact that you think that it'll have on the residential real estate market. Well, I'll tell you, I, I called energy providers all over the United States and Canada. And when this man returned my call, I was shocked because Sam Raskin was the chief architect for the, uh, the Net Zero Energy Ready program, but he was the director of Energy Star at the, Envir- at the um, Department of Energy for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And he's like me. He likes to write books, and he's, you know, he decided to make this app, but I just checked his website the other day. Well, the true home fact, it's not really up and running yet, but you know, we're all walking, we're all driving around with our GPS and our smartphones mm-hmm. and we can look up say on Zillow to see what the home values are of an area. But mm-hmm. what true home facts is doing is it is showing you the potential energy of that house. So you know, based on certain information that they're gathering, there's a relational database of information on architecture, age of home, type of home, and how it was built. And then Sam created this algorithm to tell you how energy efficient that home could be. So you know what you're buying, but from a utility type of a standpoint, which I think is great. Wow. That, I feel like that's going to be revolutionary because, uh, you know, just there are apps like that for cars and, and other things where people can really see if they're buying something used, you know, what, what the vehicle history is and things like that. I think that understanding the operating expenses around the utilities of a home will really change things. I think it's going to provide a lot of incentive 
for homeowners to invest in that. I think it's going to drive the market towards more energy efficient homes. Um, I'm just really excited about that. And your book was the first that I'd heard of it. So I was really excited about it. Um, Chapter 10 of your book really blew my mind because you have listed rebates and incentives for every U.S. state and Canadian province. And it's a great resource. And I was just wondering, you know, in the couple minutes we have left, did you see any programs that you felt like, wow, that state or that province has really got it going on? That should be a role model for the rest of us. Well, Jill, you live there. California tops <laughs> the list. <laughs> I'm from Massachusetts, and actually Massachusetts is pretty good, too. I, I am amazed at the state legislature and the proceedings. Like I said, there have been 1,500 policies changed in the past five years. But I want you to know, I mainly counted 2,000 incentives, but I think my book, I cut that down. I only included the incentives and the rebates, the policies and programs that had website addresses so that if for instance, if you bought the ebook, then it's easy to just click in. Yeah. But you're going to find that a lot of the incentives come from utility companies. But um, I, I will give you an example from the wonderful state of Alaska. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen, and I can't think of some of the other states, but I saw zero interest in low energy loans, that up to $40,000 being offered by Uh different states across the country. But Alaska sticks out because the mortgage programs are are now tying into the energy-efficient home. So, for instance, so if you go to the Alaska Housing Finance Agency, right now mortgage rates are, like, over the top. They're they're so much higher than they were just a couple of years ago or last year. And so... If the, if the standard rate is, is like 5.5% right now, and you go to a state housing finance agency, and what the state of Alaska and some other states are doing is they're saying, we're going to give you a 1.5% discount if your home energy... Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Sure. Isn't it amazing? That, that is amazing. Yeah. Anna, thank you so much for enlightening us. Thank you so much for putting together all of this amazing information in your book. Folks, get the book, Live in a Home That Pays You Back. We're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. So until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.